This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. There's a brand new 30 for 30 out. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens is about the 1986 New York Mets team. Not going to be talking about that, but in celebration of the new 30 for 30, I want to talk about some of my favorite uh, 30 for 30 basketball uh, episodes. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So the first one, absolute classic for me. I uh, remember watching this when I was very young, and I still come back to it quite a bit. It's uh, about the Indiana Pacers, actually. It's called Winning Time. Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. A very accurate title, because Reggie was just going blow for blow with basically the entire Knicks team. Uh, focuses really on two uh, series. I believe the first one was 93 in the conference finals. And that's when the Pacers lost to the Knicks, and the Knicks went on to get, uh, I believe, slaughtered by Hakeem and the Rockets, pretty much. And then 1994, the Eastern Conference semifinals, when we, f- when the Pacers finally beat the Knicks. Uh, a lot of people called that those series the Knicks versus the Hicks. Uh, Plenty of, people, plenty, plenty of people claim that uh, basketball is like king in New York, and you're just dead wrong. That's going to be another episode I'm probably going to do, is just talk about why Indiana is the king for basketball. There's just no way around it. But And they talk about that. It's hilarious. So that one is one of my favorites. Just The, the beginning is just Reggie versus John Starks when uh, Starks headbutt Reggie, and it's so funny. I love Reggie, man. He's an all-time great. Main reason why anyone in Indiana cares about the NBA. So uh, that one's a really good one. That was an early one, too. That came out in 2010. Another one of my favorites is the Fab Five. I remember watching this when it first came out because I remember my dad wanted to watch it, so I watched it with him, and... uh, Man, that team was good. I I know everyone knows that, but that team was really good. But the thing that always stuck with me more was the taking down of the banners, Chris Webber not even being allowed on campus until, like, uh, I think 2015 or something like that. I remember watching that being like, wow, 2015, that's a ways away. And then it, like, snap of a finger we're in 2021 so there's that but this is a great I would say it's a great watch especially right now since Chris Webber just got inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple uh this past weekend shout out to Chris Webber for all that and all the guys who got inducted they're incredible obviously but the Fab Five doesn't just go into Chris Juwan and Jalen it also talks quite a bit about Jimmy King and Ray Jackson, two people that I bet everyone forgot about until that documentary came out. I didn't know who they were. And the one thing I think it would have made it better is if Chris would have opted in to doing the documentary because without him, you're kind of just being like, well, I f- this is what Chris was feeling. It's like, I don't, I, I really want to hear from the man himself how he felt after the timeout. 
how he felt being an investigation for the Ed Martin scandal, how he felt about all of uh, Michigan's like violations afterwards because of Ed Martin talking about the uh, grand jury where he got in trouble because he lied. I want to hear that kind of stuff from Chris. I really just don't want to hear Jalen Rose saying, well, I didn't get in trouble because I told the truth. Chris got in trouble because he lied. That may be true, but I just want to hear it from the horse's mouth. So this is one I always go back to because it started, it essentially like started the one and done era, kind of. I mean, players were still allowed to go uh, straight from high school to the NBA until 2005 at that point. But to see this group of freshmen, how two of them didn't even they didn't start, but I don't even think Ray Jackson played that much until like one night in December against Notre Dame. They write all, they have all five of them starting because coach Steve Fisher said, it's not going to happen. They all think they're going to start. It's not going to happen. But I think he realized, man, these guys are too good. They are too good to be just let one of them sit. And Ray Jackson said that he was getting ready to transfer because he just didn't want to deal with not being a starter. But he said that brotherhood of the other four helped him stay. It's it's a great film. I love it. Next up is the announcement, which is about Magic Johnson announcing that he was HIV positive. I remember first seeing this on ESPN Classic, and I love ESPN Classic. Where did that go? Man, I miss it. I mean, I have a ESPN Plus subscription now, so I kind of have ESPN Classic, but there's just nothing better than waking up on like a Saturday morning. You watch college game day when you first wake up, and it's always a big, there's always a big game. So if it was like Carolina Duke, you tune in after you're done with game day, you go to uh, ESPN Classic and you just watch old North Carolina Duke games. But for some reason, when my family had DirecTV, they just took it off for no reason. Like it was still there. It was just grayed out. I couldn't watch it. I was so mad about that. But uh, anyways, ESPN Classic is where I saw a lot of these 30 for 30s including the announcement, which I guess this is technically an ESPN Films thing, but ESPN Films and 30 for 30 are pretty much wrapped up in the same thing. This was a huge day that I don't think a lot of people talk about because, you know, well, HIV AIDS was a touchy conversation back then in 91, but when... Magic has it. It flips the entire script on everything to where everyone, not everyone, they're still, but a lot of people started going behind the cause and doing that. And it's it's shocking to just listen to Magic go through and talk about everything. Now he had to tell his son. Now... 
everything happened, tell his brothers, tell his family, and how he was on, they did, I think they did blood work, something like that. For, I think it was just for a physical. And then he was on, on the way to Utah, they land, and they get, Magic gets a call, and it's the team doctor saying, you need to get back here right now. And Magic's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to play the game, and, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back. And he said, no, like, right now, you need to come back. And, and that that's a time that a lot of people don't talk about. And it was an important day in history in general, but especially the NBA, and how – because people were like, I don't want to be in the same room as this guy, let alone playing with him. No one really knew if sweat could, uh, if you could transmit it through sweat or not. And then once he came back, like it, it was rough for him. But the best part is, uh, I think the '92 All Star Game. Because like Magic's been out of it for a long time, but he played in the All Star Game, and uh, he. Had a heck of a game, did really well. Then went on to do the Dream Team. I've he didn't retire after that, but it was essentially over after that. That was just how it was for Magic. He and it really shows you how human someone is when you think these guys are gods. And it's kind of how you feel when like Kobe Bryant just passed away. Hank Aaron, when you're thinking about baseball, he passed away. Just these guys are not invincible. Like, they're human just like the rest of us. They can make mistakes, and they can pay for it. And so that's just one that I, I've only seen a couple times. I remember when I first got ESPN+, Plus, I saw that, and I was like, I need to watch that again, because that one is really good. So I recommend that. Next up uh, is Survive and Advance about the 1983 NC State team. That's just, it's just a true underdog story. And there's not really much more to add. Uh, there's parts where Jim Valvano does a uh, stand up in the middle of it, like in between clips. And he's pretty funny, honestly. So uh, that team was amazing. Uh, Sidney Lowe and Thurl Bailey ended up having really good NBA careers. Witten, Derek Wittenberg, not so much. And, uh, man, I wish Falvano was still around. You're talking about electricity. Man, he he had all of it. And uh, cancer, man, it's just not good. Not good at all. His SB speech is something I s- still go back and watch at least, like, once a month. I would say. I remember I did a speech project on it, talking about, like, what's your favorite quote and why is it your favorite? And my favorite is the, you laugh, you think, and you cry. That's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You're going to, you do those three things every day. You're going to do something special. And we ended up watching that speech as a class. And, man, it's still... Gets, gets my eyes get really glassy when I watch that. 
rest in peace, Mr. Valvano, coach. And uh, man, that was one heck of a team. Next up is Free Spirits. is about the uh, St. Louis Spirits, or Spirits of St. Louis of the ABA. And uh, that was an interesting team. Well, the ABA itself is very interesting. That's something else I would probably talk about in our episode. Just the ABA in general is so freaking weird. But uh, the main player everyone talks about for the Spirits is Marvin Barnes. Bad news. And... uh. <laughs> Some of the stories about it are so, like, ridiculous. Like how at one point he missed the team bus or maybe the team plane to go to, like, Virginia, something like that. So he gets a private jet and uh, has a limo ready to go, but he walks into the locker room and he has a bag of McDonald's. <laughs> so, you know, priorities first, I guess. You had to stop at McDonald's like two minutes for tip-off. And uh, that team was so good. They made it to the ABA Finals at one point. And if you don't know about the deal that the Selnas made, the owners of the Spirits, what they did after they did make the NBA and the merger... Look it up. Those guys are geniuses. They said that they want, they got one seventh of the four teams that did make it. They got one seventh of their media rights. And the NBA was like, yeah, we'll give them media rights. I mean, because at that point, the merger was the biggest thing to happen to the, in the ABA since Bill Russell was around. And honestly, didn't look like a good deal up until 1980, 1981, probably, because TV ratings were really down. But, uh, yeah, and media is the largest strain of income for anyone in sports. You get media, you're laughing all the way to the bank. And those guys, they they eventually got bought out because it was – it wasn't for a certain amount of years. It was in perpetuity, which essentially means till, like, the league dies. So, man, those guys were business geniuses. And the ABA is something incredibly everyone needs to look up because <laughs> the amount of stories <laughs> are so stupid. It's so funny. Next up is a Requiem for the Big East. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful uh, flashback at what the Big East was, where you had guys like Carnesecca, uh, John Thompson, uh, Dave Gavitt, Mas- uh, Ruli, Roly Massimino, Jim Beheim. And those are just coaches. Like, those aren't even players. You have players like Patrick Ewing, Chris Mullen, uh, Pearl Washington, who Pearl Washington, my God, if he would have done it, if he, I wish he would have been so much better in the NBA because he was good in college. But And then you got uh, Pickney from Villanova. 
you got Providence who had <laughs> bad news Marvin Marvin Bad News Barnes and uh oh what was the point guard's name? I can't think of his name. Oh, they were really good. And then at one point it finally comes to a like head when it's Villanova against Georgetown in the NCAA final. Two teams from a conference that was just made like not even a decade ago. And they battle it out. And Villanova was an eight seed. Like at that point in NCAA basketball, Georgetown was like, no one could stop them. I mean, you got Patrick Ewing, who's one of the most unstoppable players ever, but you also have like Sleepy Floyd at the point guard. Just everyone and anyone who was someone who, who wasn't going to like North Carolina or anything that was going to Georgetown. Villanova beats them. I think it's still the biggest upset of a NCAA final. I think UConn in 2011 tied it. I think, but with that, all these guys involved in the Big East are really great, but now it's essentially gone. Syracuse is in the ACC. Georgetown stayed, but like Pittsburgh is in the ACC. A lot of people joined the uh, American. It's pretty much like the only ones left are Villanova and Georgetown. They just throw in a bunch of others. Uh, St. John's stayed, but it's not what it used to be at all. Next up is the bad boys. I mean, gonna be honest, I, I like defense a lot. Like, defense is my favorite part of the game. I love this documentary. That's It's essentially why. But also just all the people in it. You got John Sally, who's hilarious. Isaiah Thomas, not a big fan of him because you know he went to IU. You know I'm I'm not about that. But uh, I mean, there's just there's no denying his greatness. You got Dennis Rodman. I mean, come on, the worm. Come on, dude. <laughs> Any documentary with the worm, I'm in 100. percent It's just. That whole team was amazing. And then you had Adrian Dantley there for a little bit, Notre Dame. So, uh, yeah, those, that team was really good. Back-to-back titles. Had to get past the Celtics. Finally did it. Beat the Lakers, then beat the Trailblazers. And, man, they were good. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I forgot Joe Dumars. He's, like, my favorite <laughs> probably on that team other than Rodman. Vinny Johnson, the microwave. Come on, man. He heats up so fast. He can have like 10 in two minutes, essentially. But, man, that team was good. And, oh, yeah, Bill Lambeer, also a Notre Dame guy. Not the biggest fan of him, but he could sure beat the heck out of anyone. Next up is playing for the mob. It's about the... uh, Ooh, what year was it? 1983 Boston College point-shaving scandal? Point-shaving scandals happen quite a bit in uh, college basketball. They're the two main ones are Boston College, and then like back in the 30s or 40s, it was City College of New York. It happened like twice. 
No, it was just once. Never mind. State College of New York was the only is the only team to win the MIAA, not to win the NIT and the NCAA in the same year. But then they got in a point shaving scandal, so it was that say. So this is this a great documentary. If you like like true crime stuff, and I'm not a big true crime fan, I just like it because the basketball thing, but it has true crime in it. Give it a watch. I mean, everyone likes to listen to the True Crime prod- Podcast, am I right? <laughs> it's like the biggest thing on earth if you have a true crime podcast. But this can't... Just the whole... How they got to the point of the point shaving is so funny because you're... it's You're literally playing for the mob. I, I mean, it's a good title. <laughs> so... And it's... It's it's also like one of the biggest mobsters ever is involved, I'm pretty sure. It's a great film. And uh what happened to the main guy, I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But the main player on the team who got involved with it. It's a shame what happened to him. They like removed all ties from the college with him. So it's rough, and that's what happens when you get involved with stuff like that. Next up is When the Garden Was Eden. I'm not really a fan of the style of the documentary, but I love hearing about this team. I mean, Walt Clyde Frazier, he's really good for a long time. And then you're like, oh, yeah, we traded for Earl the Pearl Watt, uh, Monroe. Huh, what? <laughs> and Pearl, he's, oh, my God, watching old highlights of his. <laughs> he, knew, he knew his way around the basketball. Do not get me wrong on that. Well, there's just a bunch of different characters. You got Willis Reed, who, I mean, he's talked about quite a bit in that doc, but everyone knows Willis Reed for the one for that one thing he did in the finals where no one was really sure if he was going to play at all. I think he had like an ankle injury or something like that. And then all of a sudden, out of the garden, out of the tunnels of the garden, he walks out and the place goes nuts. And I think he scored like, I don't know, a basket or so. I could be wrong on that, but he scored like a basket or so and then just that was all he needed to do. That was the momentum. But then you got like, Oh, yeah, like Bill Bradley, if a future senator, is on that team. <laughs> he went to Princeton. He was really good in college, too. But he ended up playing on that team for the Knicks. He was really good. You had Jerry Lucas and Bill Bradley. They had, like, their own secret language saying, like, what to do and just confuse everyone else. <laughs> it was just... That team's good. And then you got Dave DeBusher in the mix of it. And that team was so good. And how they only got uh, the two championships is crazy to me. Because that team was really good. But overall, I don't know how good the documentary is per se. I mean, it's interesting enough. The style's really weird. But uh, I believe there is a book either based on the doc or the doc's based on the book. So go ahead and check the book out if you would like that more. Next up is I Hate Christian Leitner. I, rem- I remember also seeing this on the night it premiered. 
because, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Christian Leitner. I don't know who is, but the whole, I'm always mixed on this because, like, I love Mike Krzyzewski because he's one heck of a coach and been around the game forever, love him to death. I do not like his players one bit. <laughs> like, when you think of all the Duke villains, like, immediately, Grayson Allen, don't like him. Kyle Singler, really don't like him because of what he did to Butler in that championship game. John Shire, J.J. Redick. You have all these villains for Duke, but it's all started with Christian Leitner who was just the pretty boy. Man, he was good. There was At one point, he didn't miss a shot in the NCAA tournament game against uh, Kentucky when he got stepped on. And he, made that sh- and he made the shot that everyone knows about, the turnaround. He didn't, he didn't miss a shot that game, not even from the free throw line. So it's just kind of like the thing where, like, all right, I'm gonna, probably going to have to admit it. I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. Probably because he's so good. And also I'm a Colts fan, so he was good. He was good for so long against the Colts. Christian Leitner beat some of those prominent teams in college basketball with ease. He absolutely crushed the Fab Five in the championship. Beat on a UNLV once they... Uh, Lost to them by 20 the year before, then beat them when they when UNLV was supposed to be undefeated. When am I going to get another undefeated team? That's all I want. I just want everyone from IU to just shut it. Just stop. It was 40 years ago. Almost 50 now. Just stop. Also, talking about IU, how about the uh, Bob Knight documentary? That's a... There's a lot of screwed up stuff in there. Like, all these interviews they did. But, man, as a Purdue fan, I know it sounds kind of weird for me to say this. It was just... I just like... I I I don't like seeing abuse of players and stuff like that. I just like seeing Bob Knight go down like that. Just all to where it just screwed up them in the tournament because of all the stuff. And the whole situation of how he, a tape, just a VCR tape just got sent to this guy who was asking questions about these two recruits decided to pull out of IU and a few hours were transferring. And he was just like, hey, I wonder what's going on here. So then someone sends up a tape. And <laughs> it's just so weird where then he goes to CNN and they're like, you have a tape? And I feel so bad for uh, Neil. I can't remember his last name. Neil. Because he was the one who got choked 
and they showed it to him. And he said he was fine with it, but you could tell when they were playing it, he wasn't okay. And uh, he ended up uh, dying of a heart attack later in his life. It's just sad because that's... It was, I mean, you go to IU to play basketball, you're good. And uh, that just ruined it for him. So next up is uh, talking. It's not really a 30 for 30. It's its own thing, but I love watching it so much. It's called Basketball, A Love Story. There's a book that goes along with this. It's like a 10-part. It's just a bunch of interviews talking about different topics. Like, who had the best signature moves. Talk. There's a few episodes on the ABA that I love to talk about. But I'm going to save a lot of the main stories for other podcasts to talk about because, man, they're all very interesting. But uh, it's really good to see because it does the game so much justice for a time where I do believe that it is declining, especially for the NBA. I just love to watch it and just see other people who love the game as much as I do and hopefully as much as others do, as much as the public does. It's just fun to see. There's a lot of parts to it. You need an ESPN Plus subscription for it. So if you don't have that, uh, maybe look into getting one because you have all the 30 for 30s on there. You have a bunch of exclusive live stuff. You see... There's, like, different types of Monday Night Football on, it, like, different broadcasts of it. So, uh, I don't know. If you want to, I would get an ESPN Plus subscription. But, man, I love 30 for 30s so much. For someone who loves history as much as I do, someone who loves basketball as much as I do, a historical documentary about different basketball teams, players, events, nothing better. It's kind of like when I took history of sport. I mean, come on. That's perfect for me as a class. I I killed it in there. Like, not to brag, but I kind of killed it in there. So I highly recommend all 30 for 30s, not just the basketball ones. The other ones are very good. Like there's football ones I like. The one about Dion Sanders is really good. Uh, Belichick and Parcells. It's very good. Uh, there's um, there's not a million of them, but there's a lot of them, and they're all very good. I'm going to make sure to watch the brand-new uh, 86 Mets one that came out, so I hope that you do the same. Well, that will be it for this week's podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Um. Yeah, just be sure to check out 30 for 30s. uh, And also just follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.